Chapter Twenty of Lonesome Land by B. M. Bower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty, A Blotched Brand. At the brow of the hill, which was the western rim of the coulee, Kent turned and waved a farewell to Val, watching him wistfully from the kitchen door. She had wanted to go along; she had almost cried to go and help. But Kent would not permit her, and beneath the unpleasantness of denying her anything there had been a certain primitive joy in feeling himself master of the situation and of her actions. For that one time it was as if she belonged to him. At the last he had accepted the field glasses, which she insisted upon lending him, and now he was tempted to take them from their worn leathern case and focus them upon her face just for the meager satisfaction of one more look at her. But he rode on out of sight, for the necessity which drove him forth did not permit much loitering if he would succeed in what he had set out to do. Personally he would have felt no compunctions whatever about letting the calf go, a walking advertisement of Manley's guilt. It seemed to him a sort of grim retribution, and no more than he deserved. He had not exaggerated his sentiments when he intimated plainly to her his hatred of Manley, and he agreed with her that the fellow was making a despicable return for the kindness his neighbors had always shown him. No doubt he had stolen from the double diamond as well as the wishbone. Once Kent pulled up, half-minded to go back and let events shape themselves without any interference from him. But there was Val women were so queer about such things. It seemed to Kent that, if any man had caused him as much misery as Manley had caused Val, he would not waste much time worrying over him, if he tangled himself up with his own misdeeds. However, Val wanted that bit of evidence covered up. So, while Kent did not approve, he went at the business with his customary thoroughness. The field glasses were a great convenience. More than once they saved him the trouble of riding a mile or two to inspect a small bunch of stock. Nevertheless, he rode for several hours before, just at sundown, he discovered the cow feeding alone with her calf in a shallow depression near the rough country next the river. They were wild, and he ran them out of the hollow and up on high ground before he managed to drop his loop over the calf's head. "'You sure are a dandy fine signpost, all right,' he observed, and grinned down at the staring V.P. brand. "'It's a pity you can't be left that way.' He glanced cautiously around him at the great empty prairie. A mile or two away a lone horseman was loping leisurely along, evidently bound for the double diamond. "'Say, this is kind of public,' Kent complained to the calf. "'Let's you and me go down out of sight for a minute.' He started off toward the hollow, dragging the calf, a protesting bundle of stiffened muscles pulling against the rope. The cow, shaking her head in a half-hearted defiance, followed. Kent kept an uneasy eye upon the horseman, and hoped fervently the fellow was absorbed in meditation and would not glance in his direction. 
once he was almost at the point of turning the calf loose for barring out brands even illegal brands is justly looked upon with disfavor to say the least down in the hollow which kent reached with a sigh of relief he dismounted and hastily started a little fire on a barren patch of ground beneath a jutting sandstone ledge the calf tied helpless lay near by and the cow hovered close uneasy but lacking courage for a rush kent laid hand upon his saddle hesitated and shook his head he might need it in a hurry and cinturing takes time both in the removal and the replacement and is vitally important withal his knife he had lost on the last round-up he scowled at the necessity lifted his heel and took off a spur and if that darn jinny don't get too blamed curious and come foggin over this way he spoke the phrase aloud out of the middle of a mental arrangement of the chance he was taking to heat the spur red-hot draw it across the fresh vp again and again and finally drag it criss-cross once or twice to make assurance an absolute certainty did not take long kent was particular about not wasting any seconds the calf stopped its dismal blatting and when kent released it and coiled his rope it jumped up and ran for its life the cows ambling solicitously at its heels kent kicked the dirt over the fire eyed it sharply a moment to make sure it was perfectly harmless mounted in haste and rode up the sloping side down which he had come just under the top of the slope he peeked anxiously out over the prairie ducked precipitately and went clattering away down the hollow to the farther side dodged around a spur of rocks forced his horse down over a wicked jumble of boulders to level land below and rode as if a hangman's noose were the penalty for delay when he reached the river which he did after many windings and turnings he got off and washed his spur scrubbing it diligently with sand in an effort to remove the traces of fire when the evidence was at least less conspicuous he put it on his heel and jogged down the river bank quite innocently inwardly thankful over his escape he had certainly done nothing wrong but one sometimes finds it rather awkward to be forced into an explanation of a perfectly righteous deed if i'd been stealing that calf i'd never have been crazy enough to take such a long chance he mused and laughed a little i'll bet fred thought he was due to grab a rustler right in the act only he was a little bit slow about making up his mind deputy stock inspectors had ought to think quicker than that he was just about five minutes too deliberate i'll gamble he's scratching his head right now over that blotched brand trying to sabe the play which he won't not in a thousand years he gave the reins a twitch and began to climb through the dust to the lighter hilltop at a point just east of cold spring coulee at the top he put the spurs to his horse and headed straight as might be for the wishbone ranch he would like to have told val of his success but he was afraid manley might be there or polycarp 
it was wise always to avoid polycarp jenks if one had anything to conceal from his fellows end of chapter twenty